Hi, and welcome to the Perfume Making Podcast with me, Karen Gilbert. And in today's episode, I'm going to be answering a question that I get asked so, so much. What perfumery materials should I buy to get started and where should I buy them from? In this episode, I want to cover a few do's and don'ts and also some recommendations of what types of materials to buy. And I will give you in the show notes my getting started guide that you can download if you prefer to have a list in front of you and some clickable links to some of the suppliers that I recommend. So first off, the different types of fragrance materials that you might want in your kit are going to really depend on the kind of fragrances you want to create. So I have a lot of people who come to my classes who just want to use naturals and that's absolutely fine. You can create gorgeous perfumes with naturals and we are finding a lot more different types of material now in the naturals realm. What I mean by that is that in the past, we only had available to us things like essential oils and and absolutes. Now we've got all sorts of other materials as well, which I will go through in a moment. If you want to stick your toe in the water of synthetic materials, I will give you some recommendations there as well. The thing that's good to remember, folks, is that it's not either or. You can go 100% naturals if you want to. Very rarely would there be a fragrance that is 100% synthetic. And that's a bit of a misconception that I will go into in future episodes. I know that there is a lot of debate around naturals and synthetics and whether one is better than the other. And I've got some opinions on that. And I don't want to go into that in this episode. I just want to get give you the lowdown on the kit to get started. But I promise in future episodes, I will cover a bit more about that. So seven different types of materials that you might want in your kit. First off, obvious one, essential oils. So looking for materials that are either steam distilled, water distilled or expressed in the case of citruses. We'll go into that in a moment. You might want some absolutes. So as I've mentioned in a previous episode, absolutes, all they all that means is that it's a different extraction method. So instead of a steam distillation, it would be using solvent to extract the plant material. So those two are, are both naturals. CO2 extract. So another method of extracting from plant material is with carbon dioxide. So again, that is considered a natural process. So for those of you natural perfumers out there, you can use CO2 extracts as well. Isolates. I'm going to be doing a class on this um, very shortly on how to incorporate natural isolates into your natural perfumes. All an isolate is, is where a small um, naturally occurring chemical, if you like, has been extracted from a whole essential oil through the distillation process. So again, some purist would say, oh, I don't want to use isolates because it's not the whole oil. And that's absolutely fine. I'm not here to tell you what you should and shouldn't use in your perfumes, but they are considered natural also. And then number five are materials from biotech. And that is a whole subject in itself. And we'll be going into that in future episodes as well. But there are natural materials that 
or some of them are would be considered 100% natural. Some would be considered naturally derived. Some of them would be partially natural, so a natural starting point. So you might want to consider materials from biotech and you will find those in some of the supplies that I'll recommend as well. So those are the natural options and you might want to choose some, you might want to choose all. I'm, I'm going to go through a list of the actual scent notes and oils that I would recommend in your kit because there is so much to choose from you can end up spending a fortune and you're going to be overwhelmed so I'm going to keep it really simple for you but I just wanted to give you a little bit of a rundown and then the other two categories that um, I will cover in depth in, in future episodes as well is something called perfumers bases. So these tend to be a combination of mostly synthetic and natural materials that are almost little mini accords that you can buy off the shelf to use. These are not fragrance oils. These are industry standard bases. And I'll talk about why I don't recommend fragrance oils in a moment. And then finally, aroma chemicals. So these can be um, individual molecules that have special effects to them that you can incorporate into your fragrances. They could also be um, reconstructions of naturals. So in the case of isolates, you've got a material that's extracted from a natural source. In the case of a, an aroma chemical sort of isolate, if you like, it would be reconstructed in a lab rather than from a natural source. So those are the different types of materials that you might want. And I will just go into a few points on how to choose and how to really minimize one, your wastage when you get started and minimize really, really busting your budget. Um, so first off, why I don't recommend fragrance oils. Fragrance oils are a whole category of things in themselves and they're great if you want to buy a ready-made fragrance to put in a candle or a bath bomb or a reed diffuser. You need to make sure that they are suitable for the purpose, but I don't teach with them. And I've said this in other episodes as well, but the reason that I don't teach with them is they are all different. You do not know what is in them. They are usually not designed to mix and match with other materials to be incorporated into fully fledged fragrances. So you can run into stability issues. You can run into safety issues and you can also run into issues where you might have a fragrance that you've created and you've sold it and people love it. And then all of a sudden the company discontinue that fragrance oil. Now you are going to run into issues with naturals, especially with if you buy a batch of a particular oil um, at a different time, it might be slightly different. But with natural perfumery, it's kind of built into the expectation or it should be. If you are selling your fragrances and you're a natural perfumer, you should build non-standardization into your process of communicating with your customers. Every single natural oil is going to be different depending on the crop. Uh, the time of year, the weather conditions, the batch, you know, they can vary from from supplier to supplier. But also, even if you buy the same material from the same supplier, if it's a different batch, it could smell completely different. And so what I recommend to all of my students, if you are creating 
natural perfumes and you are selling them, and this is another episode in itself, building expectations with your customers that there will be a potential for slight variation from batch to batch. Some brands even make a big thing of this and sell their fragrances in almost um, limited editions like fine wines, you know. So that's a whole other episode. Um, so that that's essentially why I don't teach with fragrance oils. I prefer to teach my students how to create their own accords, their own fragrances from scratch using the materials that I've mentioned. So essential oils, absolute CO2 extracts, natural isolates, materials from biotech, perfumers bases. These are industry standard bases and aroma chemicals. And it's up to you which of those you choose to use and don't use. Okay, moving on to my next super important thing. And I get often ask this question like what kit do you sell kits and what what perfume making kit should I buy now I often get asked this you know like what should go into a starter kit for beginning perfumery students and there are many companies who do sell kits and many you know great companies that I recommend who do also sell starter kits so this is up to you obviously Um, but I don't ever recommend, and this is based on past experience, my own and that of my students as well. I never recommend that you go and buy a big full on kit to get started. Perfumery is an expensive business. And I know only too well that if you buy a kit and you don't really know what you're doing, you don't know how to use the materials, you don't even know what kind of fragrances you love and what you want to create, you will end up spending a whole heap of money on a kit and there will be things in there that you will never use and you don't even like. So what I would suggest that you do is go slowly buy a few things at a time, get an understanding of, ask yourself the question, what kind of fragrances do I want to create? And spend a little bit of time exploring that. And what you can do, and I've done this in projects with my students as well, where we kind of go, okay, so do you want to learn all the things before you get started? Or do you actually want to learn the ropes of creating a perfume project by project? And this is kind of what I recommend people do, actually. And I think it makes it a bit easier to choose your materials for a starter kit, because in the fragrance industry, you know, there is this um, process of training that perfumers go through where they have to learn and memorize hundreds and hundreds of materials before they even get to start blending anything. Now, that's all well and good. And there is a reason for that. And I will go into the industry and how it works in future episodes. But if you are a beginning perfumer and you are doing this as a hobby, maybe, or you are making a perfume for yourself or you are really dipping your toe in the water to think about, you know, maybe do I want to start this as a business? Maybe I want to kind of create a brand. Start with a project. What would be your dream fragrance? You know, what kinds of perfumes do you absolutely love? Because it is perfectly possible, and I know this because I've had students do this and succeed at it, like you do not, as an independent artisan perfumer, 
unless you're creating, you know, like a big splash and you want to come right in as an expert, you don't need to know how to create all of the fragrance families out there. You do not need to know how to do all of the things before you get started. So pick a project. And this is this can be a, you know, if you think, oh, okay, I, I really love gourmand fragrances, maybe start there. Maybe, and this is probably what I would recommend that most people do, is really learn the five different overarching categories of perfume. So, and and just as a caveat, there are more, far more subcategories within that. But, you know, have a delve into the floral fragrances, the citrus fragrances, the chypre fragrances, the fougere fragrances, and the amber fragrances, first of all, and understand those fragrance families and think about learning how each one works by creating a little mini fragrance from each. And that will also help you understand what materials to get started with. So that's a little bit of a, a digression, um, but a little bit of a tip that I've given my students and I think works really, really well. So, okay, so moving on, you know, where do you get started with choosing materials online when you are just looking at fragrance descriptions because it's really hard to know what something smells like until you get it and then if you're going to buy materials on like you know like I'm going to give you <laughs> some some fragrance um supplier websites that you can go and have a look at and and search around for different fragrance notes but yeah it's really hard to know what something smells like when you're just reading a fragrance note and often when you get it it's not quite how you thought it was going to be. You might like it, you might not. So what I would suggest that you do is if you are going to buy a few little bits and pieces and try them out, try and get the smallest amount possible or sample sizes before splashing out. Now, obviously, the best option is if you can come to an in-person class. I mean, I, I'm in the UK, so I know that that's not possible for lots of people to come to the studio. But it is a really good option if you can go to or if there's an in-person class in the country that you live in. And there are loads and loads of great teachers out there where you can smell and experiment with materials, basically use someone else's materials before you buy huge amounts. If you can't get to a class right away or you're doing an online um, perfume training like my mastermind. So I want to give you some tips to do that. So there is this Sometimes when we look on a uh, perfume supplier's website, we look at the different sizes that they offer. And I know that I've done this and thought, OK, so let's have a look at the price for a five mil amount of this particular material. And it's like, I don't know, it's like 12 pounds, for example, or 12 dollars. And then you look at the 10 mil and it might just be a couple of dollars more and think, OK, well, instead of getting five, I can get double the price for just a couple of dollars. And then you have a look and it's like, oh, well, if I buy 30 mil, then that's only like five bucks or 10 bucks more. So that's a great deal. So I'm going to buy 30 mil. Please don't do that. <laughs> and I know that seems like a bit of a counterintuitive piece of advice. But if you have never tried that material before, you and you end up buying 30 mil and it's not necessarily just about the money but this is something that a lot of people do not think of when they buy and they don't realize every single perfume material that you buy in a biggish quantity well any quantity really 
is, is, is basically a chemical, even essential oils. Now, if you end up using that material up, then great. If you don't, what do you do with it? Perfume materials have a shelf life and they don't last forever. So if you have a bunch of materials that you've ended up splashing, you know, you've bought like 30 mil of each because it was seemed like a good deal at the time, but you never use them a year, two years down the line. You're like, okay, well, I need to get rid of these. And then you have got cases of all of these materials that you need to throw away. You cannot pour them down the drain. You cannot flush them down the toilet. Um, you can't throw them in the trash. They are considered dangerous chemicals and you need to find a way of getting rid of them. That's a, a whole other episode in itself, but don't buy tons of stuff that you think you're not going to use or you might not use or you think you're going to use, but you might not in big quantities. Go for small, small amounts until you know that you're going to use lots of it. So that is my top tip of the day. If you take nothing else from this podcast, um, yeah, just keep that in mind. Okay, so starting out, I would always suggest that you start out learning your natural materials first. Even if you decide you want to add aroma chemicals or synthetics to your perfume, I think it's really important to learn the naturals first. And there are so many materials to choose from. Delving into aroma chemicals and synthetics right away is likely to overwhelm you. So even if you decide to dip your toe in, I would still choose naturals first. Now, I'm going to give you a list here and you will be able to download it in the show notes of a, a really small palette of materials. And I'll tell you why I've chosen them, them as I go through them. Um, so the other thing to keep in mind, actually, on the quantities, when you buy materials, I prefer to buy neat oils and absolutes rather than those that are pre-diluted. So here's why. So a lot of companies do sell the more expensive materials, such as your rose absolute, your jasmine, already diluted in a carrier oil. If you buy these materials diluted in a carrier oil such as jojoba or coconut or whatever, that's great if you're only making oil perfumes or skincare or body products that do not have like detergents and things like that, or you're not making an alcohol-based perfume, that's fine. But keep in mind that those oils and absolutes that are pre-diluted in a base oil, a carrier oil, cannot then be added to an alcohol perfume. If you buy a material such as a synthetic that is diluted in something like called DPG, and there are lots of other diluents that we use in the industry, um, often for synthetics, and they use them for naturals as well. Generally speaking, those can be added to both alcohol and oil bases, but not always. If you buy something that is diluted in DPG, which is dipropylene glycol, and I'm going to do a whole episode on diluting your materials. So just park that for a moment. But that can't be um, diluted further into an oil base. So there are some diluents that are, are fine for alcohol and some diluents that are fine for oil and some that are fine for both. But I would suggest that if you're just starting out, if you can, um, if you can afford to buy a, even a small amount of, say, if you're buying Rose Absolute or Jasmine, buy one mil because if you dilute that down to 10%, you, you know, you've got 10 mil 
of material to play with if you dilute that one into nine of alcohol. So yeah, I would always suggest that you buy neat if you possibly can. Okay, so um, buy a few materials based on their odor category and function. And so what I mean by that is to buy a few examples of each odor family, each scent family, while making sure that you've also got a few top notes, a few mid notes and a few base notes as well. And that means that as well as studying them, you know, getting to grips with what they smell like, you're going to also be able to create simple blends right away. And that is something that I recommend that all of my students do because it's all very well learning how the materials develop on a smelling strip. And that's great. And you absolutely should do that. That is your first step. It's also important to start blending them together because that gives you the confidence to get, keep going. It also gives you an idea of how materials work with each other and how blends affect each other when you combine them. So um, that's that's what I would recommend. And I will give you a list below um, in the in the starter guide. But also I'm going to whiz through some of the materials that I would suggest that you start with. So who should you buy from? So a lot of people come to me and say, oh, yeah, yeah, I know all of the online shops that, that sell um, aroma chemicals and essential oils. I want the insider suppliers, the ones that the big guys buy from. Now, that's all well and good. But if you are starting out, especially, you're going to want to buy, you know, five mil, 10 mil of material to start with. So you need to go with the online suppliers. If you feel like, oh, I want to, I want to buy from the big companies. Unless you are buying kilos and kilos, sometimes five kilos or 10 kilos at a time of one particular material, the big companies, the big fragrance houses actually are not even going to really entertain you, right? This is changing a little bit. And there are some companies that are opening up to selling smaller quantities. So Robertay is a very, very well-known fragrance supplier. They have just launched a an online shop called eRobertay, where if you are a company, you can buy 5, 10, 30, 50 mil of some of their naturals, um, not everything that they sell. But don't expect to go straight to companies like IFF and Jividan and buy materials from them unless you are actually buying hundreds of kilos. Often, even the bigger companies go through distributors and resellers rather than going direct because, you know, again, these resellers and distributors are selling 10 kilos, five kilos, one kilo, sometimes of the more expensive materials. So you're not, don't expect to buy direct from the big companies until you're further along the line. By all means, try and build relationships with them. And really in the fragrance industry, it is about building relationships with companies. And I'm not saying that you can't buy from them, but it is a little bit of a networking game and it's a little bit of a relationship building game. And if they know that you're a serious company, then they might sell to you. Um, but for the moment, I would recommend you buy from what I would, you know, what I would consider trusted suppliers. Now, there is a little bit of what would I consider to be a trusted supplier? It's a bit of a minefield. And especially with naturals, there are many great suppliers out there and there are 
you know, terrible ones, obviously, too. Um, adulteration in the essential oils industry is rife. Um, and also, you know, I know that there is a, I suppose there's a little bit of, I don't know, will I say controversy with around some of the MLM companies selling essential oils that they are saying is a therapeutic grade. Now, often things, these, these labels are created by the companies themselves to make you think that they are better than, than other companies, whereas actually they're not. I don't recommend any of the MLM brands myself purely because one, I've never used them. Two, I think they're overpriced. Three, I think some of them have very dubious marketing practices that I don't agree with. So if you have got a favorite MLM brand and you love it, great, perfect, go for it. I don't recommend them because I don't feel that they have the best marketing practices and potentially the best quality for the price. That's all I'm going to say on that. So what materials should you buy when you're just starting out? I'm not going to go through the supplier list here of where I recommend you buy from. I will put the link, as I said, to the starter guide below, and that's got my favorites in it. So you can get that if you want to. But quick list before we round off of what I suggest that you have in your kit to get started. Now, this is a, not an extensive list. I've deliberately kept this list small so that it is accessible and easy to get going with and primarily will give you a broad amount of fragrance types that you can create without spending too much money. So citrus notes. These are the three that I would probably have in your kit to start with. Bergamot oil. My my go-to saying is if in doubt, add bergamot. Bergamot is a great citrus note that is not too juicy, fruity. It's very sophisticated. It's used in a lot, a lot of fine fragrances, not just citrus fragrances. It's got a lot of linalool in it, which I'll talk about a bit more as we go through different podcast episodes of fragrance materials. It's really handy to have in your kit. It's a good blender, gives lift. Um, and a little bit of diffusion and sparkle to fragrances without it being too fruity, citrusy. Lemon oil. So lemon, again, is a great citrus note, different to bergamot in that it's a much more juicy note. It's going to add sparkle. It's going to add that real zing to citrus fragrances. Again, you can use it in a lot of different fragrance types, but it's got a very distinctive character. So bergamot and lemon would be my top go-tos for citrus. If you're going to only pick two, I'd go with those. The third one that I would definitely suggest that you have in your kit is bitter orange as opposed to sweet orange. If you love sweet orange, add that. Absolutely. You can definitely, you know, you don't have to stick to my recommendations, but these are the most versatile. I think bitter orange is a bit more subtle than a, than a sweet um sweet orange and it has a lot more versatility in my opinion these are all top notes so these are going to be a great starter um, list for citrusy top notes if you're creating natural fragrances another couple of top notes that i would add are the spices so black pepper i would always have in the kit and also coriander as well they're spicy notes but very very different 
Now, I'm aware I'm running through this really fast because I don't want this episode to be too long. And I will go into materials in a lot more depth in future podcasts. But black pepper is more of what I would call a cool spice. So this goes really well with things like orange and citrus notes. It's obviously used in aromatherapy for its warming um, feeling. And it's used quite a lot in woody aromatic fragrances, especially the more masculine type fragrance as well. Coriander, on the other hand, I love because it's got a, a sort of a warmth to it and a roundness that goes really well with citruses. It goes really well with some florals. The primary reason that I do quite like coriander as well is because it's very, very high in linalol. We mentioned that before in bergamot oil. Now, linalol is present naturally in a lot of essential oils, and it's a really good blender for smoothing out any rough edges. So that coriander note can also act as a little bit of a blender as well. We've got the florals. Now, with naturals especially, this is where it gets a little pricey. So you might want some rose. You might want some jasmine. Rose absolute and jasmine absolute are mid-notes. And so if you're creating with just naturals, I would go for obviously the, the naturals. You could also add some of the isolates in there that I'll talk about in a moment. I would also add geranium bourbon in there, which is also a mid note. You'll notice that the florals are quite, um, th this is where your mid notes come from. So if you're creating just with naturals, really, this is where the heart notes of your fragrance are going to be. Elang Elang as well. So Elang, lots of different. Um, categories of Elang. I would choose Elang Extra if you're going to pick one. That is the fine, what I would call the fine fragrance Elang. And that will be something that you will use extensively in heady tropical white florals, that kind of thing. I add geranium in because that is very versatile. It can boost the rosy notes in a floral fragrance. You can also use it in a chypre. You can also use it in a fougere fragrance too. Okay, so on to the aromatic category. So this is where your lavender or any herbal materials sit. So obviously there are lots of different herb type materials that you can add to your kit. I've chosen lavender to, to be the bare minimum here. I really, there are so many different types of lavender that you can choose. And I would probably have a couple of different ones in this starter kit. So I really like lavender high altitude. So this is lavender or alpine lavender. It's some, sometimes called grown at a high altitude because it's got a real freshness in the top. Um, you could also have your more traditional Bulgarian lavender, which is more of a mid-note, which has got a lot more roundness to it. It's not quite as spiky. Also, there is an absolute from lavender. So this is your regular lavender, but with a but solvent extracted. And I love having that in a starter kit because it gives you a lot of versatility in your base notes. It also is beautifully green colored, which I love. You can buy a decolorized lavender, but I love the one that is bright green. Um, and that is more of a, a, a mid to base note. I consider it to be a base note. I think one of the things that um, you need to keep in mind when you're thinking, oh, is something a top, a mid, a base, and I will do an episode on this, that it really depends on the other materials that you have got in your formulation. So if you have got something like a citrusy top with some, you know, florals in the mid and then, you know, this sort of like a fougere kind of base, the lavender absolute is really going to be 
like the one of the lowest materials in in that blend so I would I that's why I kind of consider it to be a base note when I teach my classes but again up to you there are lots of different herbal notes that you could choose from but I would at least have lavender as the bare minimum for your aromatic um, category because you can use it in so many different ways okay woody so woody notes that I would have in a starter kit sandalwood and cedarwood virginian now the reason that I would choose those two sandalwood is a beautiful luxurious creamy base note lots of different types of sandalwood so you might have to have a smell of a few and see which ones you like which ones you don't great versatility obviously in things like amber fragrances woody fragrances obviously that goes without saying but also really useful for those of you who create natural fragrances just 100% natural perfumes as a base note for florals we are a little bit restricted when it comes to longevity in natural perfumes and a lot of the base notes are quite overpowering so things like your patchouli's your vetiver's your labdanum and you might not want that if you are creating with lots of citruses and florals so sandalwood is a really nice soft base note that you compare with your citrus and floral fragrances so cedarwood virginian a lot of aromatherapists listening might have cedarwood atlas in their kit already and that's absolutely fine you can use that too slightly different purpose cedarwood atlas i find more creamy more coconutty it's a base note it it's not the same as sandalwood but it kind of for me has a similar similar vibe to it in that it's sort of luxurious and creamy smelling whereas cedarwood virginian is the pencil shavings it can smell a bit harsh um it's a top note actually cedarwood virginian is not strictly a cedarwood it's from the juniper family but it gives a real nice woody freshness. If you want a top note that doesn't rely heavily on just citrus, works really well with the spices, works well with citruses as well, actually. But it gives that woody lift if you want that woodiness to run all the way through. Um, I would I would have that in the kit for sure. And I love that, especially as it's, it's a really you know nice scent memory for me. It really reminds me of my childhood, reminds me of those I'm, you might be too young listening to this to, to remember them but at school we used to use pencils and you, you used to have to go up to the teacher's desk if you wanted your pencil sharpened and they would have this like metal contraption uh clamped to the desk with a, a like a windy handle and you put your pencil in and wound the handle and it sharpened your pencil but but it was that smell of pencil shavings of cedarwood it also reminds me of my granddad's shed so lovely scent memory in there as well for me and um, balsamic notes so things like your resins such as benzoin frankincense I haven't put frankincense in a starter kit, but because it is a little bit tricky to work with, but obviously add, you know, you can add anything to this. I wanted to just give you the bare minimum. Benzoin is really useful. Again, it's a base note and it's soft. It's slightly resinous, but it's quite sweet. It almost has a vanilla-y aspect to it. So if you don't want a full-blown vanilla, in your base of your fragrance this is especially if you're working with naturals benzoin can work really nicely it's a really nice blender as well um, and if you pair it with something like sandalwood like sandalwood and benzoin in the base of like a you know a floral natural fragrance or a citrus it provides this really nice um, soft 
non-overpowering as long as you dose it correctly, obviously. Um, so I would always put benzoin in there. Vanilla absolute as well. Again, a very it's quite an expensive material and a bit tricky to work with. But again, it's really useful for amber fragrances. So labdanum is the other thing that I would add in here. Vanilla and labdanum are really what forms the base of an amber accord. So, you know, just with those two materials, you've got a really good starting point if you love ambery fragrances. If you are dipping your toe into synthetics, I've got another add-on list for you as well that I'll go through in a sec, but you can actually find vanillin as a natural isolate as well. So if you don't want to go full out for a really expensive vanilla absolute, or if you can't find it, its availability sometimes, you know, is a little bit restricted. If you can find a natural vanillin, that will be, that will give you a different vanilla, um, but that, that would be a good replacement in your kit. Labdanum has got this real Gorgeous. I love it. It's an animalic, um, classic ambery tone. It's really useful in sheepras, obviously in amber fragrances as well. It can be quite overpowering. You don't need a lot, um, but it's one of my favorite materials to use. I love amber fragrances and it pairs really well with some of the earthy notes such as patchouli and vetiver again, which I would have in the kit. So patchouli, you can blend that with florals if you want to create this big opulent floral, especially with rose. Works really well in sheepra fragrances and ambers, obviously. It has been, is much maligned, but it works really nicely with some vanilla absolute as well. You get this sort of chocolatey tone if you add a tiny bit of patchouli in with that vanilla. Vetiver, again, rooty, caramel undertones. I love it in sheep fragrances. You can use it in all sorts of fragrance formulations, but it works really nicely with citruses in the more kind of masculine classic colognes too. So obviously there are many, many more materials that you might want to buy. But if you're on a budget and you're just going with naturals, I would start with those and you can always add more as you go along. Okay, so for those of you who want to dip your toe into the synthetic aroma chemical domain. Here's what I would choose to have in your kit. Now, this isn't a replacement for the naturals. This is a build on the naturals that I just mentioned to fill in any gaps and create special effects. Now, as I said before, this is not an exhaustive list, but this is really so that you can select a few useful materials that are going to fill the gaps in your naturals if you choose to use them. Obviously, this is a personal choice and some people prefer to stick with naturals. It's not an either or. You can create with mostly naturals if you want and add a touch of synthetic or you could do 50-50 or you can create more traditional commercial fragrances with mainly synthetic materials and just add some naturals. Again, I will do a podcast episode on the natural synthetic debate. But again, this is really just to dip your toe in the water and give you a little bit of a starter list that you might want to add without spending too much money, essentially. So rose notes. So florals are really hard with naturals because one, absolutes can be quite dense and you want sometimes in a floral a bit more lift a bit of lightness a bit more air and space also expensive also if you are selling fragrances 
and you are complying with things like EU regulations and IFRA, then you are going to be restricted to the amount of natural rose and jasmine you can use in your finished fragrances. So rose, geraniol is an isolate. You can find it natural and you can find it as a lab reconstituted synthetic. Citronellol and phenyl ethyl alcohol, sometimes called PEA. Those three materials are naturally present in rose. And although if you dip a smelling strip in each of them and hold it together, your brain will recognize it as rose. Obviously, it's not the only, you know, it's not, they are not the only materials that go to make up a rose note. But if you want to add that extra touch of little touch of rose to a fragrance and you don't want to use a full-blown rose accord or a rose replacer then a touch of those materials can work you can as i said before find them as natural isolates so again it's going to help you boost your rosiness if you can't use the amount of rose absolute or rose otto that you want to in your fragrance formulation the other thing that i would possibly add to your kit is a rose replacer. So lots of different ones available. Companies such as IFF and Shiverdan and Fermanish, you you know sell rose replacers. You can buy them from the smaller resellers as well. I particularly like Rose Givco Two One Seven. It's a really nice rosy accord that really does replace what most people would consider to be a rose note in a fragrance rather than using a natural rose otto rose absolute um these can be used on obviously you know the the rose Jivko can be used on its own but generally speaking it would be incorporated into um a, you know a whole fragrance formula jasmine again you could buy a replacer the one that i particularly like is a jasmine synth which is from a company called ventos but again you can buy it from some of the resellers as well when i've um, given in my classes jasmine absolute and jasmine synth to people to smell although there is a difference a lot of people often actually prefer the jasmine synth rather than the jasmine absolute so really handy to have in your kit these are different to fragrance oils the reason that I would recommend these over fragrance oils is they are industry standard. They're made by the big fragrance suppliers. They're not likely to change formulation without a lot of warning or be discontinued without a lot of warning. And they are used in all of the big commercial fragrances that you would find on the market. So you're using the same things as commercial perfumers. Other jasmine um, materials Benzyl acetate is naturally present in jasmine. It will give you a little jasminey um, note to your fragrance formulations if you don't want to use a full-blown jasmine. The other thing that I would add always, always in your beginner kit is something like hedione. Hedione is a material that has not much impact on a smelling strip, but it's almost like <laughs> magic fairy dust when you add it into a formulation. It's a functional material. You can use it in citrus colognes to extend the citrus notes and make them last longer. You can add them to florals to create air and space and diffusion um, and sparkle. So one of those things that you shouldn't really be without if you are using synthetics in your fragrance formulations. Muguet and white florals. Um, Hydroxycitronellol, again, another low impact note, an aldehyde that is quite handy for 
adding different effects like this muge um, effect to florals. Orantiol is the other one that I would add in here. Orantiol is something called a shift space, which is where two materials that would naturally, when blended together, create a chemical reaction in a formulation. A shift base is where that has been done for you. So Orantiol is something that has been created from an aldehyde, hydroxycitronellol, and methyl anthranilate. Now, now these two materials combine together. If you combine them together in your finished fragrance, they would chemically react in an undesirable way, which we don't have time to go into today. Um, but you can actually buy something called Orantiol, which is the, the, the chemical reaction has been done for you and stabilized, simplified way of saying it. Um, so that adds a really lovely effect if you want to create a white floral you've got aldehydes as well now aldehydes there are so so many um c10 c11 and c12 are the ones that i would probably go for if you wanted to add them to your starter kit they are all slightly different but they're they're sort of the traditional ones that would be added to an aldehydic floral perfume fruity notes again so so many to choose from but i would go with probably gamma undecalactone or c14 as it's often called which is a peach lactone sometimes called peach aldehyde and raspberry ketone so that is a raspberry fruity note and gamma undecalactone is a peachy note both of those i believe can be found as natural isolates as well so again if you're a natural perfumer you might want to add those Musk notes. Now, musks are going to be your go-to for fixation, for longevity in your fragrances, for the most part. And the traditional white musk is galaxolide. So I would always have in the past put that in the starter kit. But there are so many different musks to choose from and they all have different purposes. If you're going to pick one, I would probably go for something like galaxolide or romanolide is a more eco-friendly, biodegradable. It's not exactly the same as galaxolide, but it is probably the closest we have um, at the moment. There's also another musk that I love, musk ketone, which is an old style vintage um, nitro musk that again has been phased out and that but you can find a musk ketone replacer on some of the supplier sites so i would probably i would probably add the musk ketone replacer in there as well woody notes um again another replacer that you might want to think about there are so many different ones Javanol is a nice one sandalwood replacers as well sandalwood super expensive and again, if you want that effect without the cost, there are lots of sandalwood replacers out there. I don't believe that any of them smell quite as good as sandalwood, but they often have other benefits as well. You could have something like Javanol and um, some natural sandalwood oil and, you know, they would they would sort of like work together rather than adding loads of sandalwood in. You can boost it with some of the synthetic notes. And a bit like Hedione, I would always have ISOE Super in the kit. ISOE Super is a woody material, low impact again, but has a beautiful effect 
blending effect, structural effect, longevity, also adding to woody fragrances, to amber fragrances. It's one of those materials, it's a woody note that those of you who are fans of eccentric molecules and molecule 01 will know that that is an isomer of iso-E super. So as a material in its own right, it's lovely, but it adds a lovely transparency to things like amber fragrances. You can also use it in fougeres, in sheepers, pretty much anything really. And so finally, the animalic notes. So obviously there are a lot you can add. So I want to keep it really simple here and include isobutyl quinoline, which is a leathery note. So for those of you who want to add a leathery accord to your sheepras or to your ambers, it's a good one to have. And one of my favorite materials, which is ambroxan or also sold as ambrofix or ambrox. It's a synthetic reconstruction of an ambergris note. Now, Again, like your Hedione's, like your ISOE Supers, super low impact. It's probably got more in common with the synthetic musk notes. It's soft. It's powdery. I absolutely adore it. I would wear it on its own, but it adds a beautiful effect of, for me, it's quite a fluffy effect. And obviously lots of different people would would have different associations with it and and describe it differently for me it's comforting it's fluffy it's it blends really well with the woody notes it blends amazingly well with amber notes you can even use it in citrus colognes as well for a bit more longevity um skin type fragrances it you can you can use this in it it's be- a beautiful material you don't need a lot it's not cheap Um, But I would definitely say if you've never smelt it, if you love those kind of powdery skin type notes or more transparent ambers or cashmere woods, that kind of thing, definitely go for some ambroxan in your kit as well. Okay, so this has been a super long one, but I hope that that has been helpful. As I said before, download the Getting Started Guide in the show notes and that will give you a link to the suppliers that I recommend. I don't want to read them all out in this podcast. They're going to change over time. And so I do update this getting started guide often as well. So if I find new suppliers, I will update the guide and let you know. Any questions, any topics that you would love me to cover, drop me an email to podcast at karengilbert.co.uk. Hope this has been helpful. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next time. Thank you.